Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This episode of Wrestling with Sports is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's like blue in the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewables with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day or night, even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and easy, and it's the way to enhance your performance in bed. So why wouldn't you do it? Honestly, guys, Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have any awkward doctor's visits. And especially in the day of COVID, you don't have to be around people. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. They're made in the USA, so it's cheap. Blue Chew is direct. And the cheaper option, trust me, go to bluechew.com. Right now, Wrestling With Sports has a deal for you just for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Just use the promo code Dennis and pay $5 shipping. I know you paid $5 for much more. DoorDash, you pay $5.99 for a tip, for God's sakes. So trust me, the $5 is worth it. It helps the show out a lot. Again, bluechew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. I promise you, you'll love it. I love it. Try it for free. $5 shipping and handling. Use the promo code Dennis. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit accesstv.com for more information. Don't forget, start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content. All-Stars, Dimitri Young, who's not here tonight. Jason Kendall, who is one four-time Stanley Cup Award winner. Darren McCarty. Guys, I, I'll be honest, I am fanboy tonight. Uh, I'm excited for this interview. I was a huge Mark Madden fan who's here with us right now. Uh, I, I Many years ago, when I found out he had a radio show in Pittsburgh, I made it a point to go out of my way when you could kind of go on the website and start listening to the radio shows many years ago to start listening to everything he does. And 
I'll be honest, this is going to be a very interesting interview because we're going to cover his WCW days. We're going to talk sports. But Jason and Mark have a very unique relationship, which every radio station all around the world has those kind of relationships where the radio host and the star player may not always get along, which is nice now to see that you know over the years, uh, things have been moved along i guess is the the political yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear i thought kendall and i had heat but it's good to hear that we don't at least years later and for the record it was me and the pirates that didn't get along i just <laughs> thought more could have been done not by the players but by the organization to try and win i'm actually probably pretty sure jason felt the same way at the time but uh i'm, I'm just glad that, that you dennis are my fan i never had any fans in wrestling everybody thought i sucked not not me. I I I'm a big fan of yours. I always have been. So oh, time out. Who said that me and Mark are like all good and stuff? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and who said? Hey, first of all, I'm pissed at Mark because he's Pittsburgh. But I mean, I'm not that pissed. We share. We no, shoot, but listen, uh, I will say this, and the reason I... the reason Mark is still on today is because you have to have these guys. And Mark, honestly, it's good to see. This is the first time I've seen you probably. Right, no, same here. Same here for sure. Since the last time I was in Pittsburgh, which I think I was with the Brewers. But um, I don't even know if you were there around or not. But Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I remember. Radio needs people like you because you know what? You have to have the guy that has, whether it's negative stuff or whether, but people need to know that because these guys are around whether it be whatever sport it may be, if wrestling, there's negative things that that pop out everywhere. And one of the things that I always liked about Mark was the fact that he didn't have a filter. He said what he wanted to say. It probably got him in trouble a lot of times, but you know what? It got me in trouble a lot of times too um, over the course of my career. So, but that all being said is he's still doing it because people want to hear the real story. So Mark, no, it is really good to see you. And um, there was no, I, I, listen, back when I was hanging out in Pittsburgh and playing, I, I didn't, I, I didn't listen to the paper. I didn't listen to, or listen to the radio. I didn't, I didn't read the paper. I didn't do any of those things. Um, but I do know that you were very, very vocal and said what you wanted to say. And I always respected that. So thanks for coming on okay, our show. You know, it's good. It's good to be on the, on the program. Great to see Jason again, McCarty again, because of the 08 and 09 finals with the Penguins, which were classic series. I'm a bit disappointed Dimitri's not here, though, because Dimitri was there for one of my great moments in wrestling, which is in Denver, Colorado, when uh, Bischoff and uh, Russo combined to start a relaunch of WCW, a relaunch of Nitro. And that was when Tank Abbott uh, dragged me away from the announcer's table and beat the crap out of me. And I go backstage when it's over, and it was great. Tank was white as a feather. He really protected me. I wasn't crazy about, you know, being stripped of my underwear, but, you know, that's going to happen now and again in wrestling. And I get backstage, and the first people I see are Sean Casey from Pittsburgh, Cincinnati Reds, along with Dimitri Young and Ken Griffey Jr. would come to the wrestling show in Denver on a, on a day off for the Reds. And, and so they were, they were lapping it up. I mean, I've known Casey since he was in high school at Upper St. Clair here in Pittsburgh. And uh, I remember Tree said – he goes, boy, if that would have lasted any longer, we were going to come in and help you. <laughs> and right then, Tank Abbott wandered by, and he said, that would have been the biggest mistake you guys ever made. And I said, yeah. I go, all you got to do is hit the ring to find out we're all, all on the same side. Yeah, exactly. But that, we that need was to get Casey have... on here with him then, because I, would, I will say this. Casey trumped me big time. It was uh, Casey, uh, 
Dimitri, uh, Dennis, and myself, and we were on with Tommy Dreamer. And basically, first person to send their jersey to uh, Tommy. What was the pay-per-view again? Uh, yeah. It was it was uh, Slammiversary. And it was Slammiversary. The first person, he, and he wasn't going to announce it until like the show. First one of them to send an autographed jersey, which was the biggest scam, by the way, on Tommy's part to get a couple autographed jerseys. But the first player to send him an autographed jersey, he'd wear that jersey on the show, which then he wasn't allowed to wear it, but he did sneak it on the show by having it hidden in a garbage can and choked uh, Moose so out with I'm it. I'm sitting there, Mark. I'm sitting there watching it, and, and I see a Cincinnati Reds. I, I didn't think Casey was going to send it. I knew Dimitri wasn't going to send one, so I didn't I didn't FedEx it. I just dropped it in the mail. I'm like, you know what? And I texted Tommy, and I'm like, hey, dude, jersey's coming. When I saw Cincinnati Reds, I can't remember what. Casey was 23 or whatever number he was. Oh man, I you talk about oh, he was getting so nauseous and, and swallowing in your own puke. Oh, I was so disgusted. Bro, you called it wrong. I think that the one thing though, Mark, is that to get back to Jason's point, is that you know the accountability. And it goes to Dennis why he's the fan. And, and when we talk wrestling on here, and it doesn't matter what it is, sports, the storyline to me, the story has to sell whether no matter which angle you're playing whether it's loaded whether it's not in the wrestling world and i think that the way you carry that realism accountability over to to the sports teams or how you report so it brings both worlds sort of together but i think that that you're definitely i i say to jason we need more people that because there's no agenda on your part other than getting the answer and, and cheering on your team or doing something like that. Was that, let me ask you this, was that something, because you haven't been in WCW or around wrestling for 20-some years, was that something that being around that, you you learned that it helped you now or uh, later on? Well, being in wrestling helped me really learn how to get over for radio. You know, it, it made me understand that what matters most is getting people to listen and, and how to do that. Because most people who do sports talk radio are so serious. They act like the stats and scores are life and death. And to the athletes, they are. But to the fans, maybe not so much. And one thing wrestling was really good at teaching me, I can spot bullshit 10 miles away. Nobody can put anything over on me. And that especially goes case in point. He wasn't the owner when Jason played, but Bob Nutting, the owner for the Pirates, he is a thief. He is a stone thief. He slashes payroll to bits every chance he gets. The Pirates won 98 games in 2015. That wasn't enough. He cut payroll by a huge margin, dismantled that team when he could have kept it together because he wanted to maximize his profit. And a lot of people in Pittsburgh, a lot of Pirate fanboys in the media, they say, well, he's got a plan. Okay, well, what's the plan? Tell me the plan. There is no plan. I know a con when I see it, and wrestling really taught me how to recognize that because wrestling's built on a con. It's built on a lie. Ergo, it involves a lot of pretty good liars. Well, that's a pretty interesting. And, and, and you're talking about well, that. That's that's so true, though. And that, that, like I always say, that that what makes wrestling better today or whatever is the transparency that that us as wrestling fans they're not treating us as idiots anymore. Like. It's sort of we know, you know, like like these are characters and different things like that. And with social media, they've embraced it. The good ones have really embraced it. Or like you said, different 
different kind of bullshit or different kind of story to move in on. I think that's a great, great point of, of uh, to look forward to what you, what you learned. Thanks, Mark. Did, did you lose your love for wrestling? Do you still have it? Because I know being sports talk, it's sports 24-7. You have to live, breathe, and eat it. And a lot of people who leave the wrestling industry, sometimes, especially if you're with the Federation, you lose your love for the industry or the sport. How has your love for wrestling either faded away or stuck around? It's not faded. I just don't, like you said, have as much time to watch it admit all my other pursuits because I still write a, a newspaper column for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review you know, four times a week as well. So I thought you were at the Post Gazette. No, no, for years, for years. That that. Uh, well, you know what, Jay? Here in Pittsburgh, we all switch jobs all the time. I've been. You know what? For, yep. I've been lucky for radio to just had the two jobs, twelve fifty, and and now with iHeartMedia. But uh, but so I still do watch wrestling. The love's still there. I don't think it's nearly as good as it used to be, or nearly as good as people perceive it is right now. And uh, that's an old man talking because I liked it better when we were trying to fool some people to some degree into thinking it was real. And that's why the NWO angle will be the last great angle in wrestling history. It was the last time people wondered what was really going on. They thought it really was an invading army from WWE. And you'll never be able to duplicate that again. Not that they thought the fights were real. They just thought the promotions were, were working together. But, uh, but uh, one thing that people ignore, I, I keep getting told it's a, it's a great period for wrestling, a great time to be a wrestling fan. And part of that's true. There's some stuff I really like. Like, I think Randy Orton's better than ever. I love the great. Roman Reigns turn. It was about time, and I love that he's with Heyman. There's a lot of stuff in AEW I like. But the bottom line is, guys, less people are watching wrestling in America than ever before. Ever in the history of wrestling in this country, there have never been less people watching. And I don't know how to spin that to make it sound good. I just don't. Do you think maybe some of them are getting their wrestling viewing in different areas, maybe more indie circuits or or YouTube that don't really get counted? I think even if you would add a third of the current wrestling figures, you know, the, the viewership for TV and whatnot. I think if you added a third, that would be very generous and it would still be the all time low point. That's That's an interesting stat. Now, so, well, don't forget, don't forget uh, back then we had, you know, all the territorial promotion stuff like that. And some of those even lasted into the days of WCW and WWE like Memphis, you know, with Jerry Lawler for years. Uh, but it's just, there, there's, there's a lot of good product out there. But one thing wrestling's managed to do, and they had to do it, with less people watching, they managed to squeeze more dollars per capita out of each fan than ever before. That's the secret right now, to take the hardcore fans and bleed them dry. But eventually, they get tired of it. You know, wrestling, I guess it's a lifelong fan thing. It is for me, but I don't know if you could apply that universally to, to, to all the fans now. You need those casual fans, and you need younger fans. That's where AEW has actually been encouraging. I don't know what you guys think of their product, but they are attracting a younger demographic, much more so than WWE. You know, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Maybe because it's just something new, but, but that's one encouraging thing to me. Uh, a thousand percent agree, and I'm trying to find a picture for you right now because um, one of the things that I wanted to show you, and of course I can't find it now, but um, 
Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. It was one of he was one of my favorites when I was in Pittsburgh, and I know that you guys were close. Yep. Um, at some point, and and I have a picture. Very very cool. Tell him that I I was always just a huge fan, and yo Chico, I would just the the dude's awesome to me. Never met him, but um, uh, I I have a shirt where the pie. I think it was my first year where we went back to um. What's that? No, 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 no. no. That was, was, we went back to double A, which was in Zebulon at the time, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina to play at the, uh, the one, I don't know, maybe last spring training game or the charity game. I can't remember what it was. And there's a picture of me and somebody on the Mudcats and I can't think of who it was, but I can't even see the picture. Of course I didn't do my homework. Um, I opened a Jersey and there's Razor Ramon. That was my undershirt. (laughs) And so, but I, I I do remember back in the early two thousands that, Something happened. I can't remember what it was, but you were completely protecting Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and um, I'm like, dude, this guy's got it going on. Now, obviously, as a player, I'm never going to be like, hey, dude, hey, Mark. I mean, not that you came around to the clubhouse every day, but I mean, dude, thanks for doing that. What was that? Because I honestly, I can't. Well, they got they got hot. That 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 wasn't why they got rid of me. The, the reason that a lot of people gave was because I protected Scott Hall on commentary when I wasn't supposed to even mention him. And that's true. I did do that. Uh, they said I gave an unauthorized interview. That was not true. Some hack named Mike Mooneyham from some hick time paper uh, went on my 900 number and transcribed it like he had talked to me, which, uh, you know, that's just. Well, so it was fake news. It was BS. Yeah, it was fake news even back then, Jay. That's right. <laughs> few other reasons they gave but but the main reason they got rid of me was because i had a gigantic falling out backstage with diamond dallas page and he uh at the time kind of put the screws to me that's okay we're good now i saw him at one of these nostalgia things it's just the kind of stuff that happens backstage and and uh the promotion only lasted a couple months longer anyway and i i wasn't going to get a chance to work with WWE, so it's really no big deal but uh you know page always got persnickety because you know, I would heal on him, but I was a heel announcer. That was what I was supposed to do. And I admit, I kind of went overboard a couple times because he got me pissed off. But uh, he's a good guy. I mean, you know, life's too short to hold on to that stuff uh, forever. But but that's why uh, they got rid of me. At least the reason they gave me. Look, Mark, this is great podcast stuff. I'll be honest with you. Oh yeah, I was, I, I was just getting ready. <laughs> hey, I was just getting ready to say, hey, dude, Jay. I appreciate you. you, you uh, no, I was, I, I was, I was just going for. There. I appreciate you back in Scott Hall. I didn't know anything about oh, Diamond well, Dallas. Let me, let, me, let me tell you a story <laughs> about Scott and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Okay, in wrestling, you have friends, but they're mostly acquaintances. You know what I mean? It's very mm-hmm. rare when guys will go to bat for you in a time of trouble. And uh, that, you know, and that's not, you know, casting shadows on anybody else that I'm friends with. But this was a, a pretty special thing. Back uh, long before I was on TV, I was doing the 900 number and the Internet stuff. And it was when the NWO invasion was in full swing. Uh, Hogan hadn't turned yet, I don't think. So it was like Scott and Kev and Sean Waltman and, you know, those guys. So I said something on the hotline that some vice president of TBS didn't like. And he was never around, never at the shows, but he just happened to pick up the 900 number. He didn't like it. So he had me removed from the 900 number. So I I got fired, essentially, you know, before I ever got on TV. So Kevin Nash calls me up. And we were friends, you know, from pretty much the day those guys set foot in in WCW. He goes, listen, 
He goes, don't take a job anywhere else. Because I've been talking to Paul Heyman a little bit peripherally about ECW at the time. And Kev goes, don't take a job anywhere else. We'll get you back. And I go, you sure? You think you can? He goes, yeah. He goes, trust me, don't. So what I found out happened was Kevin and Scott were refusing to do media for the NWO invasion. Like everybody wanted to interview him. And they said, no, nah, you fired Madden. We don't really want to do you any favors. We don't want to, you know, go past what our what our job is. And in addition to that, they were making the, the guys who were responsible, not for me getting fired, but who could push to get me hired back. Kevin Scott were making their lives miserable. A, a guy named Tom Hunt in particular, who was, uh, you know, my immediate superior in WCW. So sure enough, after about two or three weeks, they get a call from Tom Hunt. And he goes, I don't know if you know what's going on. And, of course, I play dumb. Uh, but Kevin Scott, man, they're, they're, they're really your friends, man. They're taking a stand. They really want you back, and we need them to do some stuff. So would you like to come back? And here's what showed I really learned from my time in wrestling at that point. I said, well, Tom, I don't know. I don't know if I can come back for the same money. Right. So, <laughs> so, so 50% raise later, I'm back with WCW. And that – that says a lot about Kevin and Scott because they're that kind of guys. And, and you know, when, cool. when, when I got some heat for sticking up for Scott, I would do that for him anytime, every time. I just a top-notch guy, Kevin, too. Sean Waltman, too, all those guys. I honestly I remember driving into the, the, the ballpark one day and I was listening to something and I, just, I heard you talking and I don't even know what I couldn't even – this was 20 years ago. Right. And I just know that Razor Ramon was my dude. And you yep. were defending. Yes, I, I don't know what happened, but it was just I was so I didn't even get it. I didn't even want to get into the Diamond Dallas Page, but that's actually great. Like I said, it's a great story. But, but like I said, Mark, I, I didn't hold it against Page. Life's too short for that. Uh, and, and to be honest, I got along with them ninety nine point nine percent of the time. That was just the the one time. Here's here's a good Scott Hall story too. This is uh, this uh, I forget if he was with WWE or WCW, but he was having a bad patch you know, with his uh, substances. It must have been in WWE. So he got booked to go to Hazleton, the the rehab facility in in Minnesota, right? So I've been there. What's that? That was my second. There you go. So so Darren has perspective. And uh, so Sean Waltman, uh, X-Pac at the time, lived in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Good good buddy of mine. I hung out with him when we were in Florida. I got so loved. Love that spot. So man. he picks Scott Hall up at the airport. The okay. So he's driving him to Hazleton. And of course, they go on this lunatic binge on the way to Hazleton. They're like just, you know, effed up beyond recognition, right? Well, when they get there, Scott runs the game where he tries to convince the people at Hazleton that Xbox the guy to go into rehab. And he just <laughs> sort of has that talk into, yeah, into he... taking him. <laughs> and finally, they figure out, you know, it, it says here it's a Mr. Scott Hall. And then they realize how, how effed up Scott is, and they go, Mr. Hall, do you really think it's a wise move to come to rehab in this state? And Scott goes, you got to admit, it gives me a pretty good shot for winning most improved. <laughs> that is awesome. What? That's the picture I just found. Look it. who we got here on the podcast. There you go, Razor Ramon on the Jason Candle. There you yeah. go, I love it. And look who's joined us. Uh-huh. What's going on, on gentlemen? Denver tree where you saw Tank Abbott beat the crap out of me. <laughs> How you been? Hey, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. No problems. I, I still see your boy Sean Casey too much, but other than that, it's terrific. 
Awesome, awesome. What's up, Jason? What's up there, D Mac? What's up, What's up, Coach? What's up, Coach? I got like like 10 minutes, man. Being a coach is, oh my God. All I do is paperwork, meetings, and I can't I can't do it on Thursday. I got I gotta greet the freshman team and I gotta greet the returning players. You gotta babysit and your cause your kids are all grown up and stuff. Yeah, that's that hey you forgot that when men. you signed that contract, didn't you? <laughs> we miss we uh, miss Trey, it's great to see. It brings back when the Reds Clubhouse uh used to have the uh, wolf pack against the black and white for the NWL. Yeah, I was part of the wolf pack. Oh there you go. Every podcast he talks about it. Oh yes, he does. Oh, me too. I just I was Wolfpack, as the story I just told would indicate. So there you go. Well, D, it's all you. You only got ten minutes. Go ahead, man. Oh no, I'm just I'm in, I'm just in for the ride with everybody. Mark, oh, what, I you wanted... doing, what you been doing lately? Doing my radio show, still writing for the newspaper. What uh, the last year I did a couple of those wrestling fan fests, like Starcast, the one that Conrad Thompson does. Those were a lot of fun, but uh, honestly, people always ask me if I'd want to get back in it. I, I don't think I would now. I think that ship's kind of sailed. Uh, when I did it, when I did WCW the last three years, when we went really internet heavy with like uh, stuff like this, we did real audio shows, and uh, and then I got on TV, of course, for the best part of a year, actually a little bit over, I think. Uh, I was doing my radio show. Monday through Friday, I do the radio show backstage at Nitro from a portable studio I take on the road. And then as soon as Nitro was done, I would, you know, get up the next morning, fly back, do my radio show and do it again. So I didn't have any days off besides vacation days from radio for three years. And and I was in my Ooh. late 30s. I turned 40 during all that. I couldn't do it then. And if I had never stopped, I still might be able to do it. But I, I couldn't just start and do it again. And it's passed me by, too. Uh, you know, they, I'm glad to see some younger guys like Corey Graves, who's from Pittsburgh. He's doing a good job with WWE. I'm glad to see this kid Excalibur. Well, kid, yeah. but for me, that's a kid <laughs> doing a good job on AEW. Um, yeah, Matt Phoenix does a great job. Um, you know, I'm glad to see Shivani and Ross on AEW, too. I think they're two of the three best ever. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, I agree. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to do my third was. Who would be my third? Ross, Shivani. Oh, guys, help me out here. It should be somebody. Oh, uh, Prince Russell from Memphis. Those are the three yeah, best. Ever. But I'm glad to see Jim and Tony still doing it. It's uh, it's it, they still do an incredible job. So you still do lock into it. That was one <laughs> of the I love it. I watch it, no question. I watch AEW every week. Uh, I watch, I tape NXT and I and I go through it because I'm a big Adam Cole fan. I think he is a phenomenon. I, I think what he's you, up, not only up on the big roster, but being a main eventer with either Raw or SmackDown. I love the thing he did with Pat McAfee. What it, that's what I say. What did you it's think brilliant. about um, the McAfee angle and then wrestling? Every single thing this, about McAfee we talked about this last versus broadcast. Cole, the angle, the promos. Pat McAfee if he did it full time, would be the best talker in wrestling. He was the best talker in wrestling the brief time he was in it. Uh, but, but uh, you know, he just started his radio show, moved to Sirius now. And I, I think, like me, yeah. he he realizes that's the long-term play. But I think Pat will do wrestling again at some point. I don't watch uh, SmackDown and Raw as much, except, uh, you know, I, I've been friends with Ric Flair since God. 
I've known Rick more than half my life and, and we're still very close. I was at his 70th birthday party a year ago. And what a, what a, what a festival that was. Charles Barkley, Dennis Rodman, Evander Holyfield, Todd Gurley, every wrestling name you could think of. Sports. It's cast. almost like the host on this podcast. Yeah, it, it, almost. Hey, hey, almost. hey, what time did everybody go to bed? About 9.30? <laughs> About 9.30 the next morning. Oh, no, Tree, let me tell you. That group, it was an aging group, but we pulled it together for one big night. Nice. Believe me. Once and, a year. Uh, once a year thing. And I've, known, and I've known Rick's daughter, Charlotte, since she was a little girl. And whenever she's wrestling, I watch it. I tape it and just watch yeah. her. Everything she does, because I think she's – the best she's woman awesome. in wrestling she's history. Absolutely. Mark, I, especially her, her, mic, her mic skills have evolved. Yep. Sort of, she's got the flair in her now, and just her her mannerisms and her, you know what I'm saying? She's like, you, you really tell she's embraced. She's pretty good, Charlotte Flair. Well, part of it is she's she's not scripted as much. They overscript their interviews right. in WWE, but now that Jericho. And the guys in in AEW are doing unscripted interviews, and they're much better. They're turning the talent loose in WWE a little bit more. Like Orton's not scripted at all. I think they've 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 let up in that regard with a few of them. And by the way, I haven't mentioned Jericho. I still keep in touch with Jericho. What a phenomenon that guy uh, is! Oh man, making, unbelievable! Making more that's, money than he ever has. One of my all timers, my all time favorite. Like that's, my, that, that's my guy, dude. Well, I, yeah, I just I can't speak guy. highly enough of the job he's doing there because I wouldn't say he's carrying that promotion. There's a lot to like about it, but uh, but he's the guy and he got them entree by being there on night one. He's he's an incredible performer. I think he's in not quite in flair territory, but not far below is an absolute all time great. Agree. Oh, absolutely. Agreed. The way the way he evolves that character each and every time is totally different. He might be one the greatest wrestler at staying fresh that I think any of us yes. has ever seen. Yes. And putting over new guys. Yes, exactly, Treat. Like, I was just going to say, I, I got to admit, when I first saw Orange Cassidy, I didn't get it. But no. I probably really like it. But only Chris Jericho could get Orange Cassidy over to the degree he has. It was something yeah. as stupid as that Mimosa Mayhem match. Let's face it, that's, <laughs> that's really stupid. But it worked. It was awesome. Like, like, yes, like it was. Whenever you hear an idea you think is dumb, find yeah. out who's going to be put in charge of executing it. Because if it's Chris Jericho, the idea won't turn out to be dumb at all. Mm-hmm. No, you look at that I stadium that series. You look at that stadium series yeah. match where the end of it where freaking Kenny Omega's fallen angel to Sammy Guevara. From 30 feet. I mean, it's just like that's AEW is just like you said, they've taken the reins off. It's more like the old ECW because there is a lot more, I guess, the violence of it. But the aerials and the tag teams. and well, the, the, you're, right, the, you're, the, no, you're right about that, Darren. What they got to watch, though, they're having too much blood lately. You can't have yes, it more than once a show. Can't I have agree. it more than once a show. And the other thing is, the one big mistake they've made, and they can certainly reload them, and I think they're fixing to do that. I can't believe they didn't present Kenny Omega as a top guy right off the bat. He's been kind of a, a tag team guy. He's been involved in some interesting stuff. But here's a guy who's arguably the best in the world. I mean, what, what do you guys right. think? I mean, shouldn't he be okay. on top as opposed to where he's at? So here's my thought. I'll jump in because I'm probably the least qualified out of these guys to talk about anything. But 
I, I think it was You're smart. Aware, Dennis. Oh, thanks, bud. I think <laughs> it was smart to, to put him from behind because at some point your top guys have to cycle down and and, and, yes. start, and, and start fresh. And then you have to bring a new batch of guys up. And I think in that, you know, theory or method, it was smart to leave him kind of in the reserve. So when you do cycle out, you do have another top guy right there already available to be the face of the franchise if need be. That's a very logical point of view. If the fans can kind of put on the back burner where he was at for, you know, going on a year now. Uh, but, but Kenny's so talented. He's such a brilliant performer in ring and, and to some degree on the mic. But uh, yeah, I, I hope so. But they made some mistakes too. Like they beat Brody Lee too quick. They beat uh, Lance Archer too quick. You know, Brian they, Cage. They, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So there are some guys they made mistakes with. And let's not forget, I'm a big fan of Tony Khan. Although if you want, I can tell the story about when I got him so pissed, he walked out on a roast. Please. Yes. Oh, wow. uh, but uh, but uh, I have a lot of respect for Tony. I think he's a good wrestling guy. We should keep in mind he's never done this before. You know, he's the creative yay and nay, and I think he's mostly done good, and even the best make some mistakes, but but there have been some made. No, at the last StarCast, which was in Baltimore right before the AEW pay-per-view there, they had a roast for Tony Schiavone, my old broadcast partner. It was in front of about 200 people at the uh, – and I know you guys have all been to this place, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, mm-hmm. which is just uh, a, a tremendous joint. So I was the first roaster. And, uh, you know, at a roast, anything goes. You guys have done roasts, right? I mean, anything goes. you got to have a sense of humor. Yep. I got called, I, before this roast was over, I got called a worthless fat fuck like 500 times. <laughs> so so I, I'm the first roaster, and I noticed Tony Conza. I didn't know Tony would be there. I had met him once before. You know, he's okay, and I do like him. So right away, I opened up on him. I figured he's the easy target sitting in the front row. I called him a money mark. <laughs> I, uh, I I said a few other uncomplimentary things, and he got pissed, but I thought he was just having fun, right? Well, he walks out. He walks out on the ropes. Oh. And, uh, and somebody who will remain nameless, a veteran of the wrestling business, said to me, he goes, well, you got to understand, that guy was born a billionaire, and it's probably two or three times in his life anybody's ever talked to him like you did. And it didn't matter if you were kidding around. He just isn't used to that, which is fair point. But I, I like the guy, and I think he's done a mostly remarkable soft. job. With- I was just going to say that, Jay. Just a <laughs> soft person is all it is. Yeah, that's not an unfair statement either. But uh, but so uh, so that's my my Tony Khan story. The, ro- the roast was great. Scott Hudson, our other broadcast partner, you guys remember him? Yep. Yes. He, he stole the show. He said, Tony – it's so great to see you back on Wednesday night TV with a better promotion on the other channel and leaving you behind in the ratings every week. That must feel awful familiar. <laughs> you know what I said? And I chimed in, you know what? That feels awful familiar to a lot of us here, but I'm, by the way, I'm a big Tony fan. I don't know what you guys think. Love I think him. he's one of the best three announcers ever. And he had the misfortune of being in the same era during his prime as Jim Ross. So he was never going to look like the number one guy. But I think now he's really getting his due with AEW, and, and that's good. I think he does a tremendous job. and always has, really. I grew up on WCW to the point. Hey, I, I got to get ready to go. All right, Tribute, Dimitri. Great seeing you. Thanks All for right. stopping by, See bud. Dimitri does do this for anybody. Time out. Mark, Mark, Dimitri does not do this for anybody. So you guys must have had some oh, no, he's the along best. the way. 
He, I'm a fan. He knows it, man. Yeah. Great seeing you, Mark. Hey, you, you're you're around some good, you good guys. Right yes, on. you will. Dennis, love you, brother. Love you, brother. What about me, dude? What about DMAC? Love you too, Jason. Love you, DMAC. That's a bunch of crap right there. Uh, Where's my hat? <laughs> All right, now, Mark, I, I, I grew up a, I grew up a WCW guy uh, to the point where I didn't watch much Attitude Era because I was really loyal to the WCW product. Watching you becoming a fan of yours, it, living the dream, any nerdy guy, out of shape guy, dream. Because listen, I, it, <laughs> well, thank you. No, I, I, I'm, I'm. Listen, I could not have wrestled. I was not a big guy. I was not a strong oh, guy. Oh, want to hold it. You're going to bring up the Oakland stuff, right? No, I'm not. I'm actually, you know, my dream was going to be an, a, a color commentator. It was what I thought you know, oh, in real no, life. No, I, I love doing it. I mean, it was, I'm not sure if it was my dream per se, but it was one of them. And I really like doing it. I, I will say this, though. I get skewered, you know, to this day by fans. Okay, fans say, oh, you sucked. You did this. You did that. I thought I was pretty good. I don't think good. I was, you know, Roddy Piper on TBS, but I thought I was pretty good. But I've come to realize that the reason that I got so much criticism then and now is because I did what they always wanted to, but I got a chance in their piss. You yeah. said without a doubt. Amen, absolutely. And, and listen, the one thing about Mark, and listen, I, it's not like I was on a show where I, I mean, I heard things. Well, well, you were on the show a few times. Was I? Yeah, I, well. Yeah, for sure. I can't remember what I did yesterday. So, <laughs> no, no, I, I know you are for sure. Okay, but but what my whole point is? Heck, I don't even know what my point was now because well, I was. Me, oh no, uh, you... Pennsylvania. Pence, everybody says like, oh, it's hard to play, and this is just going back to kind of a baseball thing. Right. It's hard to play in uh, uh, New York or Boston. If you can play in Pennsylvania, if you could play in Pittsburgh, if you could play in Philadelphia, and I swear to this. You can play anywhere because, oh, it's tough, Boston, tough. People don't know how tough it is to play in Pennsylvania. And people – you have to be the way Mark is in Pittsburgh because that that's the way the city is. Now, when they win there, oh, man, I can only imagine. This is just baseball-wise. One heck – the best party ever, the best parade ever because that's how much it means to the people in Pittsburgh. And I can't speak for Philadelphia, but I'm assuming it's the same thing. It's that big of a thing. So yes. you have, but but you have to have people like it's Mark. Live or die. It's live or it's, die. Yeah, it's a have to tough, be that tough place. The media has to be that way. By the way, I do have a Jason Kendall story. And oh, it's, uh, tell us. It, it's, uh, no, no. Well, my late mother, who was, uh, I was single parent only child, so I was very close to my mother. And she was a big sports fan. When I was young, she took me to games, Penguin season tickets, a lot of pirate games. God, I was going to games at Forbes Field. That's how oh. old I, I am, come to think of it out loud. What's really so, sad is you're not much older than all of us. I mean, I think 14, 15 years maybe. Oof. I'm 59, so so uh, oh. you guys can do the math. But, uh, Jason, of course, one of your low points in Pittsburgh was when you had your, your injury running to first base, which was just a, a grievous Boy. ankle break. It hurt. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the story is, uh, as my mother got older – you know, she still liked to go to occasional games, okay? And uh, I, I took her to games when I wasn't working. And, you know, she was just a big sports fan. Well, we were sitting right behind first base the day that happened. Oh, God bless your mother. I'm so sorry I mean, for I the thought, stuff that oh, came out oh, of my Jay, mouth. Jay, Jay, she was dry heaving. 
It oh. was, and, and that was that was one of the worst injuries I've ever seen. I go, oh my god, this is unbelievable. And uh, you know, just another fun day out at the ballpark for for mother and son. But boy, that was unbelievable. And I, I'll tell you what, for you to come back with that and and be just as effective, wow. I mean, because I can't imagine how you even begin to come back from that. That was the worst injury. I'm trying to think. Next to Joe Theismann. I've ever seen in person. I'm pretty sure. Well, next to, thank next you. to Joe Theismann's. I appreciate And you want to hear something Joe funny, Theismann's Mark? Is the I, second worst injury. They, they popped me. As soon as I got in the tunnel, this is at Three Rivers, they popped me full of morphine, took me to the training room, and thank goodness that uh, Mark Langens was the doctor on call. He was an ankle knee specialist that day. I mean, he wasn't even the team doctor. I, I might have been the first time I ever met him, to be honest with you. But uh, they popped it back in in the um, in the training room, and th- that was just the. But I'm going to tell you right now, the ambulance, and this is no lie, hit every pothole, every <laughs> pothole oh, from Three River Stadium to the hospital, and it's not that far. I can't. And oh man, it hit every pothole. Boom, 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 boom. I'm, I'll never forget. I was with Bill Henry, um, our assistant trainer at the time, and. That was more painful than anything else because yeah. it just popped back in place. They or they just did it. The driver was not a Kindle fan. <laughs> uh, it was it was like it's the kind of thing you had to be there. It, to this day, it's unbelievable. Now, Mark, I, one of the questions since we're talking about Kindle and playing in Pittsburgh, and we we try to talk to Kindle about this stuff, and he's very even kill about his legacy in baseball altogether. But you being a sports announcer, radio guy, a lifelong Pittsburgh fan, what do you think, Jason, now looking back, Jason Kindle's legacy in Pittsburgh is? Uh, a real good player on a team that wasn't always real good. Uh, the cornerstone when we went to, to PNC Park, because somebody had to be. Like, you know, that's when, uh, Jason, you got a pretty long-term contract, as I recall, right before we went. Uh, to, yes, it was after PNC. my, yes. Yeah, and that was crucial to the team because you can't go in there losing your best guy. You know what I mean? You have to have somebody the fans are familiar with and want to see. So that was a big deal. And uh, just just a real good catcher. We've not had the, the greatest group of catchers, quite honestly, throughout history. We had Sanguin. We had Pena. I mean, those guys are pretty good, but, but uh, Jason's definitely right up there. And a real, good, a real good clutch player, too. I just wish, as I'm sure he does, that the team would have given – you know, him and really everybody more to play for. It just, like I said, even back then, I don't feel the team did as much as it could possibly do to try and win. But then again, baseball in a relatively small market, that's a tough thing to try. Did you did you ever take out some of your anger on the team, on Jason, because he was the highest paid or he was the face of the franchise? I was 100%. No, I no, believe me, I don't care who gets paid. I've been overpaid my whole life, well, since... <laughs> <laughs> like 25 years anyway thank god so no if no matter what you make god bless you you're entitled to it darren when because your playing career was before i got here to detroit i i gotta know did you ever have that radio nemesis that maybe kindle had no oh, I never really had a radio nemesis i just know that that's so much mark, mark. said things the way Listen, this Oh, no, no. No, Kendall was not my nemesis. I've had nemesis. Listen, 80% of the people don't like me in this world. No, Dennis, your question is, Dennis, let's rephrase your question yes, properly. Please. Say, was there ever any any reporting or media or whatever that was maybe that 
rub you the wrong way or or well, like, well there's different guys like a guy, like a guy like a guy like a Keith Gabe. Okay. Right? Not me personally, but a guy who would ask the question and dig a little bit more. And then, you know, they're different guys. Depends on the homework that was done. You know, usually like for me, your relationship with the guys who are there all the time. And if you ask any media member in Detroit, like Eiserman used to put me on media timeout, like, cause no one else would talk. They'd always come to me. I'd always give him a great thing. And he'd come by and go, you're not talking today, you know, like shit like that. But that hence why I have such a great relationship, personal relationship with tons of the media people, you know, for the past 20, 25 the, years. The beat because, writers. The beat writers. Right. But well, then some of the beat writers and some of the TV guys or whatever, but there's certain ones you develop this friendship where it's like, I can tell certain ones that, that I'm going to tell more, but it's off the record behind it because they are sort of in your court you're never gonna and there's other ones that you can't that you don't trust or you throw them misinformation or something to see where it gets to to find out like there's players do it the same way you know like because some guys are all different if you not everybody's just like me and just call it, tells it like they see it. It's funny you say that, uh, D-Mac, because I've had athletes come to me to try to spread this information to catch me in doing it. But I'm generally so up on things. I go, nah, I know you're lying. I've said that point blank to guys. Mm. So, right, which, so that, that does go on, though, for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's usually from – see, I never did that. like, And I had to do that because, because I would – you know, it's accountability. And anything else. And if I didn't like something that was written, which was only one thing was written one time that I really ever had an issue with. My mom had an issue with Mitch album because after I beat Lemieux's ass on March 26, he called it a barbaric or whatever like that. So my mom, who was a huge Mitch album fan, didn't like his, you know, stuff like that. But that's personal opinion for me. Um, uh, Helene St. James, one of the reporters, put that she saw me at an AA meeting once. You know, that's not morally right. So really, she, she had to be. That. Yeah. So she had to be. Wow. So then, boy, that, then that, for boy, like. That, that is over the line. I got to tell you. Right. That, so that. So the then. What, that is cloaked in, in privacy. Right. So, Mark, then what would happen on a play? So, me as being me is that, well, I wouldn't talk to her. So, no. As talkative as I was, if she was in the area, I wouldn't say shit, and people would know that. And that you ask her to take care of the situation inside the room. The ones you got to be got to be careful of are the ones coming in just for to do a story that are already they're not looking for information. They're the coming columnist, in our, like Mark right. is, but besides no, no, the, but you don't have to worry about him because he's got to come back every day. But, or every well, no, Mark, no, no, or no, 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 no. Mark never did. And like I said, so the, the problem with today's sport. I went to the Pirate games. I sat with Chuck Tanner all the time. Which yeah, is the problem with yeah, I don't know if you, but in the long, it, the problem with today's sports is this internet stuff. Everybody reads everything about it. Everything about themselves. And they believe everything too, and they believe it. You're right. And what Mark does, and what he did it. when I was there, was he, this is this is my opinion, my opinion only. Yep. This is, but he would be the blunt guy, and everybody wanted to be that blunt guy. Now, obviously, you're right about that. The Mac, the beat writers, Paul Meyer, Joe Rudder, they're still good friends of mine that I, that I speak with. And, and then once the Tribune, 
uh, who now covers Joe, Joe's with the Steelers now, right? And then Paul, yeah. my, these are the guys that are that you know I'd go and have a beer with after a game or whatever, right. just like and be friends with them because listen, when you're on the road going. You, you're with these guys. You don't want to be hanging out with your teammates, but you you, you get their personal life story and this and that and blah blah blah. But so, but the one thing about Mark is like he has been the only person that I and I played in Oakland for two and a half years, Chicago. The only person that I can honestly remember that says stuff the way he feels, but is not scared to do it. Everybody else has to. Right. You had a guy in Oakland though. You had Ray Rado. Remember yeah. him? Uh-huh. Ray, I was scared of Ray Ratto. I always hoped Ray Ratto would never write anything about me. <laughs> he's, he's still around. He's still doing it. Uh, but, yeah, the only guy I ever had a, a really horrible relationship with, I mean, horrible in every exchange, was Tom Barrasso, the Penguins goalie, who, who is, like, just an awful human being and just, just gives a whole new meaning to the word prima donna. One time in the runway, I used to do post-game interviews for the Penguins broadcast, one time in the runway, Tom swung the butt end of his stick at my head. And I thought it was an accident because he missed. And afterwards, uh, Tyler Wright, who played for the Penguins. I remember Tyler. Head. I remember Tyler. Yeah. Did Tommy yeah. almost get you with his stick? And I go, yeah, but I think it was an accident. I go, really? He goes, for an accident, he sure was laughing about it a lot in the locker room. Be careful. Mm. So, wow. But he I remember him and Ian. I remember Tyler and Ian Moran. Uh, even Hines Ward. Years later, like, I respect the guy, and he said the same about me to people. Uh, we had some problems, but he said, listen, Mark knew what he was talking about. I was probably too hard on him, and maybe I was too hard on Heinz, too. Who knows? It just, you know, like I said about uh, my relationship with DDP, life's too short. It's just. You are so very true, and so listen. Carrying grudges. You're right. You, I, I agree a thousand percent. Did you ever Amen. think you'd see the day where Jason Kindle would say something nice about you? Absolutely, I knew it was inevitable. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to get by. That's what I got. I I got. No, I can surprise Jason. I I heard a lot of stories about him that I never used because they came from a source that uh, I didn't want to. I I I don't know if how credible, but a kid I coached in hockey, Jay, used to be your personal assistant, Tommy Adrian. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. How's Tommy doing? I don't know. I mean, he had some some problems, which problems. you might have heard about. But no, he seems to have conquered those. But I, I don't run into him as much as I did when we were both involved with hockey. But but good guy. But he would always tell me Jason Campbell stories. Most He's complimentary, good. might I add. Good good dude. It is. You know, his father. Yeah, I, I don't know if he still works yeah. on the grounds crew or not. But his father's on the grounds crew, and right. I helped. Yeah, I helped Tommy through a lot of things, and hopefully he's doing well. well yeah, he's doing. Put it this way: the last I heard. Everything was all clear in that right. regard. So, yeah, good, good guy. Good, good. good hockey player, too. Good baseball player, for that matter. Well, with that, being, with that being said, we have to wrap this up. I know Jason has to go I be – uh, By the way, DMAC, Kendall, you guys got to be on my show at some point. I'll be in touch. Anytime. You reach out anytime, Mark. And I got a question for you before we leave. Just so – so you said no at this age to get back into the business, but what about would you be intrigued to maybe write some storylines oh, or maybe I, I some shows here and there? That. Uh, the only thing I would be is like a quality control guy. I think I could still do that, but uh, but no, it's just that that ship's just sailed, Darren. I just you know, plus it's easy to say that knowing that the offers aren't exactly pouring in either. But, but it was the time of my life. I really enjoy but, it. But I still watch. 
I'll tell you what I am surprised about. But but how did you fix? How would you fix? How how can you fix it? Right, like you said, is it like that? Do you have an idea? Like, did honestly, I want to leave on this? I, honestly, I don't think it can be fixed. Okay. I think it's going to be roughly at this level, slightly up, slightly down in perpetuity. Because when kayfabe got destroyed and everybody got behind the curtain, it it, it got people less invested. People know it's fake. I know it was fake when I was ten. Right. You want to believe it. And now we but don't get the chance. We can't suspend this belief anymore. That's that's a good, that, that's a good point. No, I appreciate appreciate the insight because it's always great to hear from guy that was there. Yeah, you know, no, especially when it happened. Especially, especially being there during the uh, during the late nineties. That was the last ever truly peak period for wrestling, and will will be uh, in perpetuity. In, in yeah, Richard's- hockey, hockey too, bud. <laughs> It, uh, you're probably right, but but I don't know. Hockey, hockey's always been up and down, don't you think? In terms of popularity, in terms of mass appeal. Oh, I, it's that that it's a cult sport, you know. Like it's never, but but what I'm saying is the games change because now you know my game, you know, where it used to be, they they substituted size for speed now, right? The games yeah, change. That, that, that'll come around too. That'll come around. You watch, like. Like the Blues won last year, the Caps won the year before that. They play bigger. It'll come around. It always does. Yeah, but I just think the way the rules have changed, you know, just it's the the guys are big and talented and great and stuff like that, but there's no accountability. Part of the problem is not to the level that I like. Even now, the star, like the stars, and I'm, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh with, you know, arguably the biggest star in the game with Crosby. But the stars now don't have the charisma like the old stars did. Like I, I, I would have a hard time selling today's game based on the charisma of the players. I just would. Absolutely. It, it's Amen to that. It seems like when you look back, even at the I guess the late nineties, those stars for whatever reason transcended the sport. You Lemieux, Gretzky, Yager even, and I would put Yager Fedorov. Fedorov. Like, yep, Brett Hall, I, Shanahan. Yeah. The, yeah. Those guys, if you tried to market them today, I don't know if it, they would play to the same audience as they did to us growing up back then. And you look at the stars that are being marketed now, and you try to imagine the way they would be marketed. The old ESPN commercials where uh, you know they had the hockey players doing the little. You right. know, I don't think they would have the. I don't know the acting chops or the comic timing to really pull that off. Uh, actually, what? Crosby did like those Tim Hortons commercials that were pretty funny with Nate McKinnon, but but that's a rare exception. And uh, Ovi actually has a lot of charisma, but it, I'll be very honest, and he's one of the greatest goal scorers ever, maybe the greatest. It's always going to be tough to really truly sell a Russian superstar in North America. Look at yeah. Fedorov. Fedorov was arguably the game's best player for how many years? And he was popular, but his popularity never really approached the level of his accomplishments. Oh wow! But there's but there's a there's a relative to there's a relative to the language barrier and culture, yes. yes, too, right? Which is the embrace because if if Fedorov would have embraced the American culture as much because he had he had that fucking Hollywood rock star whatever yep. else, but he didn't have the he didn't have the mic game. Right. No, that's true. That's for sure true. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, my mic game, 
That's because that's all I want. Just give me the microphone. I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to do anything. I just want to chirp, guys. And, and to your point, Sidney Crosby, to me, as a, as from who played against him or whatever, to watch this guy's evolution, like it bothers me to see the abuse he takes on the yeah, ice sometimes. And and because and you know what, he used to whine and yeah, you used to call I call him Crosby, but he he's so like for to say he's the face of the league or passing to McDavid or whatever. But man, it's as a former player, it's I'm proud of him. We had a I chance mean, though. We had a chance though, Dmac, because we had Ryan Reeves a couple years ago. And the coach wouldn't use him. He wouldn't use him. I know, I know. And that was a still. I know. For what look you at him now. Now he's in. Now he's in Vegas playing the conference finals. Yeah, should have been careful with that hit in the head the other night, though. Oof. Yeah, that's see, that's you know, well, back I mean, in my would, back in my day, you don't line, get you're exactly well, right. But, but he, well, but he it's, know that too in that situation. Right, it's the head. Right, my game, my game, you're out. You know what I mean? Like that's legal, but they put in no head hitting. So right. even though it was clean, he kept his shoulder down. And but right. I mean, those are the things that you, th that lights me up like Christmas Day. You know what I mean? I see that and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> you know, but it's unfortunately they put a new rule in. Mark, I've had a blast here, and hopefully thank you. Me will... too. Call anytime. I'm glad. I I still have about ten times as many stories. So oh anytime my gosh. you want me, just give me a call. Please, we will have you on a lot. I know everybody had a blast. And... Absolutely, and let me know when I can help you out. We'll do. I'll be in touch with everybody. Thanks, guys. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys, so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling with Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling With Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29. Dimitri Young at DA Meat Hook, DA Duh Meat Hook. Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle. And myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us. And we keep doing it for you. So please, please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well, Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So on behalf of the guys, thank you once again, Wrestling With Sports.